Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello. Oh, hello, friend. Oh. <gasps> Every freaking time. I swear. <laughs> Every time it starts with, hello? I know. I think it's because we're are like, you are there? you there? Even though we just heard each other's voices and knew that the other oh, yeah. person was there we've been chatting previous to this mm-hmm. and yet here we are i need uncertain. to know did you disappear are yeah. you back well did the pressing of the record button do oh. something in the ether you, you know, know apparently it did yeah i know and apparently the podcast is happening now right now right now they just heard some banging medieval music oh true It's great, isn't it? We found it, by the way, little backstory. We found it um, on YouTube looking for royalty-free medieval music. It was like the first one. Is that one. correct? Yeah. yeah. But and it's then, so no, perfect. No, 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 no. It wasn't the first one. It wasn't the first one. There was another one. And we were like, meh. It's okay. We and could we use that. And like, we heard this one. We were like, that, it's it. That is it. We like looked at each other. And like fireworks exploded. It's <laughs> it was just clear as day. In the same way that we did that with our picture. Oh yeah. yeah. It yeah, was like yeah, immediate. Yeah. We were just fooling around and then Chloe like all of a sudden got out like a Photoshop <laughs> and then cropped our heads onto it. this and then it was like, Well, I guess that's yeah, I it. love doing that. Someone, it was so easy. I think I need to switch my career to photoshopping people's faces onto On medieval onto medieval art. <laughs> I mean, you're excellent at it. If anybody listening wants to pay me to do that, I'll Email quit us. everything else that I do. Don't, don't, don't make that commitment. <laughs> <laughs> you should not. You're very good at other things too. Oh, that's so kind. That's um, no, but do you know, I hear, I hear the music a lot. Why? Because you edit the podcasts? This is true. And I hear it and it has never gotten old. Every time I hear it, no, I jam. it makes me so I jam happy. out. I me jam too. out every single time. I and every time the game is like, were we in the right key? That's the never. game. I don't think we ever have been. No, have we been? No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> They don't need to know that. <laughs> I'm just curious. We're both singers. Everything's fine. Um, It's fine. We, you know what? Singers don't need to have perfect pitch to be able to sing. You know, that's the rock that I'll die on. Is that the hill? I knew what you meant. They knew what you meant. Oh, today's the day where I'm the one who makes it an explicit episode. Please, please. I just have that said distinction. it. You did. It already happened. Yes, it's not yeah, me. Yeah, I whispered it. I whispered it. Not However, me. However, I could also bleep it out. No. <laughs> Why would you ruin it? it was no, this is a momentous occasion. I'll just draw attention to it, and then we can move on. Okay. Cool. Okay. If you're tuning in for the first time curious as to why you started here but anyways thanks for joining <laughs> <laughs> this is historically badass broads the podcast yes we talk about uh women in history thought. yes 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 who we didn't or i didn't know about before usually and who or we, we think, didn't know that much about yeah and who we think it doesn't hurt to know more no History is reflective of the present and the future. Mm, mm. Learn up, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love this. I think also it's just, you know, we often see so many dramatic representations of the past that mm. are not based in truth, but Ooh. the truth is always stranger than the fiction. And I love that we get to mm. learn about that. Yes. Um, so we're continuing our series yes. on... Henry VIII's Unfortunate Six Wives. And mm-hmm. we're on number four. And I I need to talk about the fact that Six the Musical is one of the greatest things that's ever come to Broadway. Sure. A. And B, that Brittany Mack, who plays 
Anne of Cleves, spoiler alert, that's who we're talking about, gives Love one it. of my favorite performances of all time regarding Anne of Cleves because no one really cares about Anne, I think, generally speaking, I'm making the statement. Um, I do, but you know, she's not the, the wife that we often think about, right? We think about right. Catherine of Aragon or Anne Boleyn. Yeah. Pretty much the first two. That's kind of it. Cause that's mm-hmm. the big story. And if you were to, I bring up my feud with David Starkey once again. Oh yeah. <laughs> the historian start, who's very opinionated him and stuff. Oh my God, please, please don't, please don't. I have no interest in actually having a feud with a professional. Um, <laughs> oh my God. His picture does, his like, what's the picture in the back of the book? His arms. No, he looks, I have to, we have to, <laughs> we have to post this picture. We have to post this picture. He's so intense looking. He's got a little pocket square. Anyway, okay. He's so, like ready to feud. Genuinely though, he's like looking down at you somehow in the picture. David, if you're listening. Mr. Stocky. Um Sorry, not sorry. But also, dude, like, come on, put less of your opinion in the book. So um, if if he's to be, be believed, the first three quarters of the book are only about Catherine of Aragon and Anne Boleyn. Jane Seymour's given like 16 pages. Anne of mm-hmm. Cleves is given like five. Oh, geez. Catherine Howard, who unfortunately, spoiler alert, by like 500 years, gets like beheaded. She gets like two pages. It's just sad. So anyway, what do the pages say she was born here? She lived here. She no, because king, we don't even know where she was born. <laughs> we don't know. Jeez, we I'm not know spoil, you... We won't spoil anything. Okay, so let's talk about Amble. Oh no, no not Amble. Jeez, see, it's a wow. Freudian slip. Okay, wow. But I need to say, <laughs> by comparison with the other wives, so the whole point of Six the Musical, which is a brilliant mm. show, if you can go see it, please do. Or, or just listen, listen on Spotify, the, yeah. Listen to it, which I do all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, the point of it is to see which of the wives suffered the most. And I think it's pretty much all of them in different ways. But, and that's the, the whole point ends up being like, wow, he's still the center of their story when in reality their center should be themselves. It's a beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, so Anne of Cleves sings a song basically about how like she lives a great life now that she's divorced from him, which isn't mm-hmm. wrong. So she loses that competition but in the meantime, gets to sing, I think, one of my favorite songs in that show. And Brittany Mack is such a wonderfully funny actress that it's just a gorgeous performance. But um, let's talk about Anne of Cleves. Anne of Cleves was maybe born <laughs> in June of 1515 or September of 1515. They have specific okay. dates. She was either born okay. on the 28th of June. Or the 22nd mm. of September. And why? Why? That's a great question. I can't answer. Okay, great. Yep. Mm-hmm. She was born in Dusseldorf. Great. She, her mom was Maria, who was the Duchess of, where's my friend Anna, who speaks fluent German when I need her, Ulichberg. Oh. I'm saying it wrong. That's okay. Um, her mom is the technical duchess of this territory. Her mm. father is by way of his wife, the ruler of it. So it's by Jura Uxoris, which is Latin for like ruling through the wife, effectively. Heck yeah. Um, so she rules sua jure, meaning in her own right. And Ooh. here's where like my 800 years of Latin come into play. Um, and so she's the second daughter. His, uh, her father's John Third. He's of the house of Lamarck, which is a very important house um, in the kind of where we would call German territory. Guys, mm-hmm. there's no Germany. It's a bunch of little principalities. They're all ruled separately. Fun fact, when the Reformation oh. hit, get, okay. get ready, guys, for a fun fact. I'm hitting you with a religious fun fact, which I don't have many of. Um, Love that. When the Reformation hit, uh, which, of course, started in what is now Germany, thanks Martin mm-hmm. Luther, um, if a, basically the rule came about, like, I think about like 100 or 200 years later, that whatever your prince, like whatever religion your prince was, you were too. So if, <laughs> like, so sometimes like a son would be Protestant and a father would be Catholic. So like the whole state, like country effectively would be Catholic and then the father would die and the son would take over and then everyone had to become Protestant. Oh, and that geez. happened often, like many times. I think it's hilarious. That is so bizarre. 
religion, kids. Um, but that makes it feel like it's not <laughs> okay. <laughs> say it. Say what yeah. we're all thinking. No, it doesn't. It makes it feel not real because oh. you know. I, I don't know. That is something partially nice about the world that we live in now. I mean, I'm allowed to think whatever I want to think. Well, that's because we live here. Right. Right. And but yes, we're privileged in that sense. But there, there's also something interesting about if you actually have to change everything about your belief mm. system, mm -hmm. that feels like a large thing to have to do. Because I does. feel pretty confident in mine. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, like if you grow up a certain way and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, and let's the, change and everything the, and we've been living say, by. And the it's hard to, change. it's hard to like. Yeah. The impetus for yeah, the change isn't you. <laughs> yeah. But all, it's also like hard if you've spent your whole life thinking one thing to change and not feel like that invalidates everything else that you've done and therefore make you question the purpose of it, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. It does. Absolutely. Well, that was a fun fact. I enjoyed that. Thank you. I, I, I like that one too. So she was raised. Um, she has a bunch of siblings. Um, and she's the second you know daughter. Oh, God. I must not know myself <laughs> you were trying to get away with it. You I can get away with it. You can just say no, a bunch. No, I must know now. <laughs> I was just curious. I know she has a sister named Sybil. I'm, I know I'm she curious. has another sister named Amalia. And like, she has a range? brother. Like 20? Or five. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna hold on. Hold on. I know this. I know this. He has Sybil's the oldest one, then Anne, then William, then Amalia. I knew their names. That's actually shocking. Go me. Your brain is a wonder. The fact that it holds like the most ridiculous amount of stupid information. Yeah, I'm yeah, consistently yeah. in awe. You're very kind. It, it's not helpful. <laughs> most of the time for the listen record. we created this podcast for the sole purpose of that coming <laughs> in yeah, handy in the true. way that it just that's did <laughs> in the way that we did when that hexagonal teapot was presented to us and i had every to tell you every single time every time because i've never seen one like that have you no when it you, was beautiful oh, wait, when you think of a teapot is it not round okay next time you're in new york if it's still open there. we'll go and we'll take a bunch of pictures of it, and that'll be the new <laughs> the new logo for us. No, I love our logo. We're never changing it. That's the most perfect logo in the world. I'll we Photoshop our faces of, like, onto the like, pot. We thought once of um, like, what, updating our pictures, and both of us are like, nah, it's perfect. Um, it's too much work. I know. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. I We look a little different now. It's been a couple of years. Um, it's been a couple of years. And also, that was an old picture for me to begin with. All right, all right, all right. She has okay. siblings. Okay. She has okay. siblings. She's got an older sister, Sybil. She was born three years later, approximately. Mm -hmm. Her mm -hmm. younger brother was born a year later, and her younger sister, Amalia, was born a year after that. So Amalia's two years younger, Sybil's two, three years older, and her brother's a year younger than her. Cool. So um, she was not raised to be witty or clever or to speak any language other than high German. She was raised, and she was a great embroiderer, oh, and very kind. And okay. she was kind of raised Catholic. It's very confusing. She was kind of raised Catholic because her mom was super Catholic, but her brother was a Lutheran. It's a mm -hmm. whole thing. Again, it's somewhat capricious. Um, so when she's like eleven, she's remember. So girls are the chess pieces by which you can rule someone else's kingdom to a degree mm -hmm. so or at least connect with them and have a treaty with them and it knits the whole system together totally. thanks patriarchy um Love. so when she's 11 she's because this is a good idea she's um betrothed to the nine-year-old son of the duke of lorraine francis mm -hmm. and they were betrothed for like what's math six years no eight years let's wait Hold on. Eight years. I did it. I did it. I did it. Eight years. Um, and guys, I studied history and theater. I can't do math. Um, yeah, it's one or the other. You really can't do both. But I have met people who can do both and they, I get That's enraged. actually terrifying to me. I'm enraged. I'm like, you it don't scares get, me. You, you shouldn't. I feel that. fear. <laughs> you feel fear? I'm just mad. <laughs> <laughs> like, why do you get everything? Sure. Oh, my dog is barking. Wants to be in the podcast. Um, 
Hi, Darcy. So. Do you hear him responding? You, you didn't say hi for me. And that's rude. Hi, hi Chloe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's not his voice. He would have a British accent. Look at I think that. so, he's, too. He's an angel. He's not. A little gentleman. Little Everything's gentleman. fine. Okay, so she's betrothed. This is very normal. As we've discussed with Mary Tudor, Henry's daughter... She mm-hmm. was betrothed like 1,200 times and it was all broken off and no one had an issue. But to some degree, a betrothal was basically considered akin to a marriage. You had to get dispensation for it. You signed mm-hmm. a contract. It could be easily broken. But depending on the circle you ran in or were unfortunately forced into, it could mean other things. So this will come back to hot Anne or save mm-hmm. her questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so... She's betrothed at 11. Uh, Francis is nine. As we've established, that was six years long. Good, mm-hmm. good job, me. Um, and she was basically being used to some degree because um, of the various warring factions in Germany. Because remember, it's a bunch of little principalities. But also with the larger powers that be of France, of Spain, of um, even Portugal and um yeah, so everyone, and the Netherlands, and blah, 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 all the above. So everyone's wanting to fight everyone. Borders are up for grabs, grabs to some degree. And mm-hmm. so um, they, her father becomes an ally to Henry VIII. And basically, as we've discussed, poor Jane Seymour dies two weeks after her precious son is born. And for two years, Henry remains unmarried. And we want to think that it's because he was mourning. But basically, negotiations for him to have a new marriage started pretty much right after Jane died. So, Mm. and that's to some degree because if marriages are political contracts, they're not, you know, a love match. Henry swears he loves Jane, but, you know, I don't think he was even there when she died. Um, Right, right. My opinion Right. Unfounded, but I think it was true. Um, just by everything we've read about him. Anyway, so mm-hmm. you know, she very quickly they kind of hone in on the fact that the Duke of Cleves has three daughters, and then very quickly he's got two up for marriage because Sybil was married to the Elector of Saxony, um, mm-hmm. who which is a very important position. He's basically like the head of the reformation in in all of the german states so it's a big deal anyway so she becomes powerful and so amalia and anne are both um up for grabs to be married because anne's betrothal is called off in 1535 and so she's she's up for grabs basically and thomas cromwell loves the idea of um bringing this duchy together with england they are kind of up on the precipice of being very important her father um he dies pretty young and her brother becomes duke so and he becomes extremely powerful and important within Mm -hmm. the continent so um there's a lot of potential this is a fairly powerful yet not very important duchy but it becomes you know thanks to their their kind of um, consolidation of power and everything more important and Thomas Cromwell who's um Henry VIII's chief minister and guy who gets him whatever he wants um you know like is like this is a good call and they're not important enough for us to start any wars if we choose one over the other you know Mm -hmm. um but also they're young enough and so Hans Holbein the Younger the very famous painter who had painted a bunch of very famous portraits, especially in the Tudor court, including that one of Henry VIII that everyone knows where his cod piece is like massive. And he's like standing there in like warrior position, not warrior position. What is it? Super man position. Right, right, right. The the confidence building position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. Um, And so he's, that's by Hans Holbein. And, So he is sent by Henry to paint Anne and Amalia. And we get this really lovely portrait of Anne um, that I I like. She's not, I don't know. She looks very like normal. She looks like 
a sweet girl. Her clothing is gorgeous and like very elaborate, very cool. Mm-hmm. Clearly German, like not very English. Um, mm-hmm. But I love that she's like representing who she is in that portrait. Mm-hmm. I doubt it, any of it was her choice, but regardless. We'll post um, it, right? Hmm? We'll post oh, it. Oh, yeah. It's the, it's pretty much the only one we've got. So we're definitely posting it. Um, <laughs> and um, so everyone's, she's described as being like fair, like she's not gorgeous, but she's there and she's, you know, whatever. And she's 24. So she's not too young. Her sister's younger. And Henry wants, um, basically he wants the older one because at least she won't be a child, which is fair because he's ancient at this point. So, um, been through enough of marriage to not want to start anew maybe. (laughs) Well, and here's the thing is like, I just wish we had her opinions because what are her thoughts about being betrothed to a man who had basically driven two of his wives to death? One of them, literally the other one figuratively, Absolutely. And the other one dies in childbirth. What does she think about following that unfortunate succession line? Like she's the only surviving. Terrifying. I would be, t- and she's so young. She knows mm-hmm. none of the language. She can read and write, but only in German, right? Like she right. plays card games and can do needlework. That's it. Which is fine, but she's not this sophisticated woman. She's similar to Jane in that way. Mm. So anyway, so. I will just say with a hint of foreshadowing that Henry had required that Hans Holbein be as quote accurate as possible and not to flatter the sitters of the paintings. And Hans pretty much does that, but Henry sees this portrait and is like, Oh, she's hot. Cool. Cool. I choose her. And so she kind of checks out as his type. Doesn't she though? Yeah. But here's where we come to Henry doesn't know what the hell he wants. Right. Well, of course. Because he wants to be challenged and he wants to have someone who's very sophisticated and educated, but bows to his every will, right? That's what he wants. Yeah, a contradiction of a human being. Complete contradiction of reality. So it it doesn't make sense. It doesn't exist. So with Catherine of Aragon, it kind of existed because she was very well educated and kind of bid, you know, to him. And Mm -hmm. But she didn't in the end, right? Most importantly, when he wanted her to do his bidding she refused Mm -hmm. and so you know and then Anne of course was the perfect mistress in that she was witty and challenging but as a wife that's not what Henry wanted and that's what drove him nuts Jane however was not witty and challenging she was just a very simple wife and had she lived longer I think she probably would have had a very different end to her life as well Mm. so Anne is kind of like Jane which is She's not dumb. She just wasn't given a a real education. It's not her fault. She wasn't given a good education, you know? And so she was raised to be exactly what she is, to be married off and to do, you know, a Lord's bidding. And, and, you know, Anne was said to be, like, very gentle, very virtuous and docile. And that's why everyone's like, she's a good She's a good pick, right? Mm -hmm. And then, like, Henry's ambassadors are like, wow, she's hot. Like, she's got this fair hair. She's pretty look nice looking. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, she's whatever. And Henry's like, great, I'm in love. So they're negotiating the marriage around like 1539. And then Thomas Cromwell starts overseeing it all. And by October of that year, so they start negotiating around March. By October of that year, it's it's signed and ready to go, the marriage treaty. Mm-hmm. And um, so... Anne begins her journey to England. There's a whole bit where she has to get like, they have, she has to pass through the land, um, the land, the rest of the continent to get there. It's either that or she takes like a longer sea route, but they were her brother and other people were concerned that that sea route would be dangerous. And so mm. they wanted her to go by land, but Henry had this grand, weirdly romantic idea of like, he would build her this special boat and she'd go on this special journey and it'd be a whole thing and then everyone's like please okay. just let her go by land and then they got dispensation from charles v and then she was able to go by land jesus mm-hmm. i'll build you a boat babe he's such an odd man <laughs> he had all these plans so then love it she gets there and there's this guy who's traveling with her named Fitzwilliam, who's like writing the whole time back to Henry, like, oh, oh my God, she's so beautiful. She's so I lost. I love that name. Fitzwilliam. That's a good one. Yeah. I, know. I really do. Do you know? Uh, 
that. Mm -hmm. The prefix fits when added to the start of a usually last name, sometimes first name, means that you're illegitimate. (gasps) What? Mm -hmm. I did not know that. So obviously, if that illegitimate person has children, then they would have that name as well. But that person wouldn't be given their father's name. They would be given their father. So let's say, for example... In the example of Fitzwilliam, there are people whose last name is Fitzwilliam. If you go back far enough, I imagine. Their last name is William. It would have been William. Or the first name of the father would have been William, but he's Fitzwilliam. Jesus. Fun fact. Fitzgerald. Yep. (laughs) Hitting you with fun facts this time, guys. I I love this fun fact. It also is upsetting to me, but that's okay. But now we will never see like, the name differently. Like every time I'm, I, actually, I see someone yeah. with that name, I'm like, I know where your family came from. Like, that's wild. And also, like, you know, I'm sure nobody wants to be branded as illegitimate. No, but they were. Oof. There was no choice. And you weren't lie. allowed to have your father's name. That's so messed up. Like, legally. Should I do that to my kid? Yeah. <laughs> like for fun. Sure. Fitzworthington. Jesus. Such a long name. Such like an aggressively like English upper class jerk sounding name. I mean it really is, Chloe. It's unbelievable. Do it. Adding Fitz does not help. <laughs> you gotta do it though. I love it. Yeah. I'm gonna I remind you of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please. I will I'll never set forget. A- I'll set a reminder on my phone. This is in the recesses of my brain, which means it will never leave me. Um, Thank goodness. Thank goodness for that. Okay. I am distracted today. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly I am too. Please continue. (laughs) Okay. So Anne, finally, she like leaves. She's supposed to leave on the 2nd of December. Weather is crappy. Basically, they say like the wind's were bad and it was a bad omen sure. whatever but sure. it's all with the virtue of you know Hindsight. looking back on it yeah mm-hmm. so whatever um there was bad weather she couldn't leave until the 27th of mm-hmm. december in the middle of um 12th night the celebration mm-hmm. and she finally arrives um on i think on 12th night i think she finally arrives on oh no on new year's day in 1540 hmm. and Oh, no, she arrives. Yeah, I think she arrives. Whatever. She arrives there, and they finally meet on New Year's Day. And here's where we have our first problem. Oh, Henry. already? Oh, get ready. <sighs> Henry, in his weird quasi-romanticism, he's a young, jolly boy looking forward to love. In the courtly love tradition, courtoisie, he decided to go disguised to meet Anne with a bunch of his courtiers. Oh, okay. That's a stressful way to greet someone. What would have been expected of Anne is that she saw who he was somehow through all of it and, you know, acted fun, witty, and accordingly. Anne, however... So there was bull baiting going on outside. She's like, the heck is this? Genuinely confused. So... (laughs) She is watching the entertainments that are going on outside, like the celebration, you know, for the marriage and her arrival. And Mm -hmm. also it's in the middle of Twelfth Night. Mm -hmm. And um, she's looking out at the window and suddenly this guy in weird costume comes up to her and like hugs and kisses her and then gives gives her a token, which the king gave her apparently for New Year's Eve. Mm -hmm. And she's like... um, very embarrassed and says uh thank you you know and then looks back out to the window again and kind of ignores him because she's like i don't know who the fuck this guy is and what is the quote but she regarded him little but always looked out of the window on the bull baiting so that conversation ends henry's kind of pissed off and then he goes out of the chamber and in a I imagine a toddler grumpy fit. That's how I think. Yeah, of him. yeah, yeah. I Takes see off it, I see his it. cloak and comes in with this purple velvet. Right. And then everyone's like, "Oh wow, it's the king!" And then she's like, "Oh wow, it's the king." <sighs> and then, you know, thinks that's when she's meeting him. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And um, so apparently they had a nice meeting. They walked around a little bit. And then officially they met two days later. They had an official meeting in Greenwich Park. And there was a huge reception. And immediately after meeting her, he says, and I quote, she is nothing so fair as she hath been reported. Oh, Let me change like books that, so that I can like start that modern, quoting. It's like that modern day equivalent of like, you don't like me? Well, you're a stupid bleep bleep bleep. Like 100%. Hold on. I'm pulling up my other book that is thankfully like, written by... Like, you're the prettiest, a... most beautiful girl in the world, and I'm gonna love you forever. Oh, yep. you didn't oh, return the, the way, favor? Well, you're then you're hideous. the worst person I've ever met. <laughs> yep. So then... Um... <laughs> ready for this? When Cromwell yes. asks how you like the Lady Anne, because again, Cromwell put his neck on the line for this match. Mm. To a degree. Not so much as he... Foreshadowing. Would be killed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, did you like how I said neck on the line? I was proud of that. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was thanks, great. thanks, thanks, thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, he responds. Henry responds. Nothing so well as she was spoken of. If he had known as much before as then, I wouldn't. She would not have come within this realm. <sighs> and then he looks to Cromwell and says, "What remedy?" And Cromwell responds, "I know none." Divorce. So then. I'm not done. So then they kind of have to move forward because it doesn't matter and there is a legal contract. Right, and political, etc. Cromwell is immediately thrown under every single bus. And every oh. like the guy Fitzwilliam who was traveling and writing those notes is immediately like, Am I gonna die because I was writing nice things about her? Oh my god. Right. And like tries yeah. to like back up and like this is how stupid it is. So wow. a couple days later. Henry <laughs> Henry starts saying, I don't think she's a virgin. Oh my god. Because, because things don't change, do they? Hold up, I'm not done. I'm not done for this. Because her she's more she's not that slender and she looks like she's an older woman. That is repulsive. For the record, am... he did marry her older than he married his other wives, I think, except for uh, Jane. That comment makes me feel ill. Yeah, it should. I'm not done great he thinks apparently virginity the sign of virginity was seen by like having a slender young body which is like what a failed that test um and i know and so he's like you know what her marriage contract to francis clearly wasn't broken i bet she's already been married to him what and so they they put a hold on this marriage and for a couple days cromwell is investigating it the cleves ambassadors come back and they're like no it was broke off it's totally fine and um, then Anne goes before the Privy Council and says that she was free from all previous contracts. Mm-hmm. And then Henry says, is there none other remedy but that I must needs against my will put my neck in the yoke? He's so dramatic. I know. And then Cromwell like runs away without a reply. <laughs> oh my gosh. Because <laughs> he's like, fuck, I'm going to die. Um, right. Then... On the 6th of January, the happy couple's married by Thomas Cramner. Okay. And has this engraved wedding ring, and the engraving says, God send me well to keep. Mm. And she, for the record, immediately after arriving in England, converts to Anglicanism. Henry expected that. And, mm-hmm. oh God. And then they take them to their bedding ceremony. And here's what happened. Are you ready? 
I'm so scared. <laughs> the next day, Cromwell visits the king and he asks how liked the queen. And Henry replies, Jesus, I like hate that I have to say this out loud. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Surely, as you know, I liked her before not well, but now I like her much worse. For I have felt her belly and her breasts, and thereby, as I can judge, she be no maid. What? The king continued, which struck me so to the heart when I felt them that I had neither will nor courage to proceed any further in matters. I have left her as good a maid as I found her. Ew. Which, A, is contradictory because he just said she's not a virgin. Yeah, I was just going to say that, yeah. And then... He keeps he six months repeated efforts. He explains to his physician he found her body in such disordered and indisposed to excite and provoke any lust in him. Yet it rather ministered matter of loathsomeness unto him that he could not in any wise overcome that loathsomeness nor in her company be provoked or stirred to that act. Wow. He lamented the fact that for the comfort of the realm. He would never have any more children if he should continue in marriage with this lady. Oh, my God. And then Cromwell responded that he would do his utmost to comfort and deliver his grace of his affliction. Oh, my God. (sighs) So Anne, being the uneducated woman that she is, because she is, unfortunately, women were not educated about these things, doesn't know that things are not as they're supposed to be necessarily. And the, in February, the next month, the Countess of Rutland speaking with um, Anne and she's saying that he's very kind. And she says, and I quote, when he comes to bed, he kisseth me and he taketh me by the hand and biddeth me good night, sweetheart. And in the morning kisseth me and biddeth farewell, darling. And Lady Rutland responds to that, madam, there must be more than this or it will be long ere we have a Duke of York, which all this realm most desireth. Mm. So Anne isn't even schooled enough to understand that she's not like consummating her own marriage. Right. So Henry at this point is like, I can't do this. I must stop. Also weirdly coincidence. um, He met this really hot girl named Catherine Howard. Who's a niece of the Duke of Norfolk. Mm. Who's one of Anne's maids. And he starts sleeping with her. It's sure. it's a it's a coincidence though that he wants a divorce. <laughs> it's also a coincidence that she accidentally snubbed him and after that he never found her attractive ever again. Isn't that weird? That's crazy. Totally nonsensical. So who knew? Thomas Cromwell is arrested on June 10th of 1540. <laughs> His goods no. received and confiscated, and he was sent to the tower, charged with heresy and treason and the plotting to marry Mary. What? This is great. He's sent to the tower, <laughs> and Cromwell's arrested for religious reformation, blah, blah, blah. His oh enemies tore off his order of the garter and said that a traitor must not wear it. And uh, Cromwell responds, this then is my reward for faithful service. And then he's imprisoned in the Tower of London. And they have a bill of attainder. And it enforces the Act of Six Articles. And he is sentenced to death two days later. That is some (laughs) dark-ish. On the 29th of June, it's official. And he was only allowed to be called Thomas Cromwell, the cloth carter. And he waited until his marriage to Anne could be officially annulled before he executed him. Why, you ask? Because he insisted that Thomas Cromwell secure the annulment. Oh, okay. Okay. We got to use him. And then when he's no longer useful, death. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Oh, let me read the condemnation of him. It's kind of funny. Sure. On June 29th, he was condemned as the, quote, most false and corrupt traitor, deceiver, and circumventer against your royal person and the imperial crown of this realm that had ever been known in your whole reign. It's like a toddler is allowed to be king. That's literally what it is. Is there more? Of course there's more. Come on. Because I was going to say already. (laughs) This is my favorite. I know. (laughs) 
again, go listen not to, to play get, favorites here. Go not listen to, to get down and you will understand why Anne rules. Okay, but oh we'll get into that. Sure. Same time, Anne was ordered to go to Richmond Palace, ostensibly mm-hmm. to avoid the plague. Right. But that's the same thing that happened to Catherine of Aragon. She's sent away and they investigate and come to the conclusion that Anne had been pre-contracted to the Prince of Lorraine, that the king had wed her against his will, and the whole nation wanted him to have more heirs. So on the 25th of June, the king's commissioners visited Anne and told her that her marriage wasn't valid. That must have been a fun conversation. Wouldn't it have been? Yeah. Oh, to be a fly on the wall. I'm telling you. I'm Mm. telling you. Mm. And... She is initially extremely confused, as one can imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She doesn't know what's happening. She's very, like, you know, like, I've only been married for six months, and I'm sent away, and all of a sudden, that's it. And, you know, I guess, the, you know, so she's upset. Um, sure. There's two differing reports, depending on who you want to believe, and that's the hard part, is I can't necessarily believe one of them over the other Mm -hmm. either she's crying and inconsolable or she's just confused also again maybe she alternates you know she needed a translator because she didn't really speak english that well although she is obviously very intelligent she picks up english very quickly Hmm. and does her best to converse but again she's not like a young kid learning english she's 24 learning a new language by complete immersion so yeah it's harder yeah it's not like she's fluent yet it's only been a couple months but she's getting there i mean she's intelligent but for the kind of legal things that they're going through, she still obviously needs like a translator. Right, right. So she's like, what's happening? And then she writes to her brother and is like, I'm confused. Like I've never been married to anyone else. I don't understand what's happening. I thought he liked me. I'm queen. What? Um, mm-hmm. And then eventually I think she sees that it's not good to tell Henry no. Right. Yeah, And so <laughs> she agrees. She consents to this annulment. And in doing so, she got 4,000 pounds annually, which is an unreal amount of money. Okay. She received Richmond Palace, Hever Castle. She received Bletchingley Palace. Penser's mm. Place, which is another mm-hmm. palace. Mm-hmm. She um, had many other properties and a ton of money. And was thereafter known as the old queen, the king's sister. <laughs> Why? Why sister? I mean, she, was, she was always referred to as the king's beloved sister. Why? That's just what they chose. Why? I'm saying. <laughs> That is so bizarre. I'm telling you. What? So, hold up. I'm not done. So then she writes him a letter, which I think is just stunning of her and shows that she actually has quite a bit of political acumen. Mm -hmm. She responds to his letter by signing it. Mm -hmm. She submits herself for her future state and condition wholly to the king's goodness and pleasure, begging only that she might sometimes have the fruition of your most noble presence. And it was signed, Your Majesty's Most Humble Sister and Servant, and daughter of the Cleves, not Queen of England. She, right. This is my hint that she's actually extremely intelligent and understands things politically. She mm-hmm. knew that acquiescing to this would be pretty much her only option. And in doing so, she becomes one of a very few number of women who occupy this kind of nebulous zone between marriage and un, being married and unmarried. And mm-hmm. it gives her this level of autonomy. Likewise, as the king's most beloved sister, she right. ranks, Henry decrees that she's given precedence over all women in England, save his own wife and his daughters. Wow. She is raised to a huge amount of power mm-hmm. and she never has to marry again. Because here's what she's faced with. Wow. If she refuses Henry, she mm-hmm. could die. Very, very easily die. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If she, or be sent back to her brother where she'd be married off again. Mm-hmm. If she agrees, 
she will hopefully, as is hinted, get a nice settlement and be able to live in England forever. Or maybe she's sent back to her brother. But it seems like the, the former is going to be the case. And mm-hmm. it, of course, is. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, she makes out. So like, she are there gets... any downsides? Like, does no. she have to stay single or, or nope. do anything? She chooses to because she's not stupid. Love that for her. She is able, and this is the, most women were not given the amount of autonomy that she was. They did not mm-hmm. have the option to not remarry. Mm-hmm. But in her own right, she had that money. Those properties were hers in her wow. own right. They were not wow. owned by anyone else. They were given right. to her. So right. she has this, I mean, just, she could actually do whatever she wants with her own life. She doesn't have to get married again if she doesn't want to. And she doesn't because why would she? That is baller. It's so baller. It's the best. She wins. Obsessed. So four days later, Parliament confirms the verdict. The, it's annulled officially on the grounds of non-consummation and that she was pre-contracted to marry Francis Lorraine. Mm-hmm. And for the record, Henry had to make sure that everyone knew he wasn't impotent. So his physician stated that after the wedding night, he experienced two nocturnal pollutions while sleeping. So he's not impotent, but he had his own doctor say it. Anyway, it's fine. They do what they want to do. I know. So Thomas Cromwell officially is beheaded on July 28th. Some reformers were burned as heretics. And other people were hung, drawn, and quartered for treason. Mm-hmm. And they would now have a major inquisition for heresy. This was all an excuse of that. And sure. Anne was, quote, loved and esteemed by the people. She was happy to be the king's sister. She was always welcome at court. She was able mm-hmm. to do whatever she wanted. She <laughs> lived in all of her various palaces. She basically became a was welcomed into the family like as an honorary member henry and anne became good friends after this she yeah but she again i don't she wasn't stupid like this is all she understands the point of all this but she somewhat meets and i mean she was only married to henry for six months so she i believe never met princess never met the lady elizabeth at the time princess elizabeth um, as queen, because it was only six months, but she met her later. She met Mary and they, she became like a good kind of mother figure to them, somewhat consistent too. And so she ends up kind of being this permanent fixture in court to some degree. She goes when she wants. Mm-hmm. Um, she becomes good friends with Catherine Howard, spoiler alert, the next queen. Mm-hmm. Um who unfortunately gets beheaded and guys 500 years. So um, spoiler alert. (laughs) It seems like perhaps after Catherine's death, her brother urged Henry to remarry the King, Mm. but he was like, or yeah, Henry to remarry Anne, excuse me. But Henry's like, nah. And then she meets Catherine Parr and like, I don't know. And she is supposedly to have said, quote, Madame Parr is taking a great burden on herself. Mm. We'll get into the fact that she didn't have choice. Anyway. So she lives longer than any of Henry's other wives, not surprisingly. Mm-hmm. She wasn't the oldest wife. Um, technically, Catherine of Aragon died at 50, but mm-hmm. um, she lived longer than any of them. She mm-hmm. even lives longer than Catherine Parr, but we'll get into that later. So she gets to attend Mary the First coronation she is um when mary's like leaving saint james's palace for whitehall in the procession she is um flocked by elizabeth and anne of cleves she's part of the coronation procession she's part of the marriage procession and when mary is like everyone must be catholic again anne converts Mm -hmm. to becoming a roman catholic like she kind of does whatever she wants um it seems like after a rebellion in 1554, the fact uh, an imperial ambassador, a Spanish one, kind of hints to Mary that because Anne is close with Elizabeth, that they're part of the plot to make Elizabeth queen. 
Mm. But there's absolutely no evidence of that. But she was never invited back to court after then. And so she had to live a quiet life on her estate. I don't think she was very upset. (laughs) No. What did she actually, like, do with her time? Whatever the fuck she wanted. And actually, like, was she embroidering? That's interesting. I really tried to find out. Yeah. I couldn't find anything. That was what I looked for. Well, because she's, you know, she's not really, it doesn't feel like she's sharing it with too many people. Well, here's the thing. So she Mm. gets to have privacy. Privacy is not something that's uh, commonly given. The king had people who literally wiped his butt. Like, that's actually Mm. a job. And it was a very important job. That was like, Mm. whoa, you have influence over the king. Right. Because you get him when he's literally very vulnerable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, there is no such thing as privacy. Watch the king's levee, watching him rise from his bed is a public thing. And it becomes even more so moving forward in in the the centuries. I feel like I've seen a couple, like, media Mm -hmm. portrayals of that. I bet you have, yes. It's very alarming. (laughs) It is. But there was a ceremonial aspect to it all. They don't really belong to themselves. They belong to the country and the state. Right, absolutely. But Anne doesn't. Right. Anne is the king's, quote, unmarried, happy, rich sister. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But she is said to have been very kind to her um, servants. She is said to have been um, a very easygoing mistress and very generous with them, a good housekeeper, meaning she mm-hmm. was good at managing her own household. Mm-hmm. And she became ill And in around 1557, middle of 1557, she dictates her last will. And in doing so, she gives and mentions her brother, her sister, her sister-in-law, future Queen Elizabeth, Duchess of Suffolk, Countess of Arundel. She leaves money to her servants and asks Mary and Elizabeth to employ her servants in their households. And she gives money to even the people, like the lowest of the low servants, anyone she gave money to. And That's on the really 16th nice. of July in 50, 50, 1557, she dies, most likely of cancer. Mm. She's buried in Westminster Abbey, where she remains to this day. Mm. And it's, I found a picture of it. It's really hard to find this tomb. It's on the opposite side of Edward the Confessor's shrine. And it is kind of a weird thing. I have a picture of it, but it's not good. We'll post a picture of it just so you can see how like weird it is. Mm-hmm. But it reads, Anne of Cleves, Queen of England, born 1515, died 1557. And she was either 41 or 42. Hmm. Because, like I said, she was either born in June or September. Right. So, who knows? Wow. And that is Anne of Cleves. Wow. Just doing good. Yeah, that's a fun one. I feel right? good about that one. Right? Yeah. I do too. There were some there were some downs. So many downs. <laughs> but then there were some ups. Yeah. I mean, like it's just interesting to see that it, you know. <laughs> like the portrait thing, right? There's this portrait of her and I, she's very nice looking, but she's not like a beauty. You know, I'm not like, "Whoa, she's a model." You know what I mean? Like that's whatever. Well... I but don't know. It doesn't personally, matter. Personally, yeah. First of all, yeah. But also, I, I find it really hard to be able to tell, uh, you know, the, the aesthetic that they had then. It, it's hard for me to see through those eyes now because a lot of the times on this podcast, we've talked about great beauty women yeah known for their beauty and all mm-hmm. these things and i'll see a picture and i'm like okay that's interesting I, I i would say that that person was not conventionally attractive by today's yeah. standards yeah so i do have trouble but i think this <laughs> and this is what's interesting for me about Sometimes. hans holbein's portraiture mm-hmm. i feel like i get a very good sense of who the sitter was and what they looked like so right this this portrait and i'd be curious to know what what you think chloe and what if anyone else wants to write in what they think like yeah comment when we post it i feel like i know what she would look like now i don't know yeah no no no. but more so like oh what the standard of beauty was yeah, yeah. like if if he found her really if the he found the portrait really attractive there's no way that i would be able to know if oh, other people true. of that time would also feel that way yeah you know just because i i don't think that that 
th- their uh, measurements of that are the same now mm. as they were mm-hmm. then, just because, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's interesting, I think, you know, there's, there was a legend that Hans Holbein was like banished from court, but that's, that's just not true. Um, after this portrait, it did lead to Cromwell's death. Like, yeah, that's not great. And then it later, Henry was said to have regretted that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's too bad. I know. So, Shoulda, coulda, woulda, you know, I'm telling you. Yeah. So <laughs> it, and I think there were other things going on, like, right. But it was a very easy way for him to like get rid of him. And I mean, again, I think Anne made out like a bandit. Yeah, that sounds great. Right? I mean, again, the frustrating part, we've said it a million times, we'll say it a million more times. Frustrating that we don't actually know how she felt about any of this. Mm-hmm. But it does sound like it was pretty good. Yep. When the alternatives are, you know, being stuck with this man who's horrific or being killed or being hated by everybody or you know yeah at least on paper it sounds like it was a good deal (laughs) i know it was said the one thing i was able to find on her is that she grew to enjoy like english ale and their their forms of gambling and games and she spent (gasps) a lot of money on pretty gowns oh iconic but she got to do whatever the fuck she wanted People, there were rumors about her, but she's like, who cares? She literally didn't have to answer to anyone. The only person she had to an- answer to was Henry, who, That's like, kind incredible. of loved her. That's incredible. I'm telling you. Anna Cleese. Yeah, died. and also to, like, not have to worry about financial strain nope. or where to live or, Mm-mm. you know. There's what so many 4, things that sound pounds? really nice. I'm going to look it up. 4,000 pounds and mm. how much was 4,000 pounds worth in 1540? What? So, according to the pound sterling sedotter historical conversions of currency by Eric Nye from the Department of English at the University of Wyoming, mm. four thousand pounds in fifteen forty is currently worth three million eight hundred and thirty thousand dollars, four hundred and seventy-two dollars and ninety-one cents. Oh, oh, wow! She got about four million dollars every year. <laughs> <laughs> and no her wonder, no and wonder at the end say, of her life she's like money for you money, money for, for you. you well and also money for thing, you. we have to remember her estates also give her an income so that's right. just what she's granted as like an allowance effectively her estates <sighs> are giving her money that's so cool i'm obsessed i'm into that good for her Anne of cleves go listen to britney mac i don't know if she's on the recording I think it's the original British cast. If you can, go watch Six the Musical and then enjoy Britney Mac. But if not, listen to The Great Get Down because it's hilarious to me. It's basically her describing how great her life is now that she doesn't have to be married to him. Incredible. Yeah. That's a great note to leave this on. I, I feel like this is one of the first episodes where I'm like, heck Happy. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or it's like, wow, no one died. <laughs> well. She did. Oh, but sure, sure, sure. Yeah, but that's uh, fine. Whatever. He was the reason that Anne Boleyn, like, he made Anne Boleyn get executed. It was coming to him. Fine. Great. We love that. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, thanks. Thanks. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. Thanks so much for tuning in. And next time that you tune in, which will be in one month, mm-hmm. there'll be another lady that was married to Henry VIII. There were so many guys. We're getting there, though. I know. Well, we were halfway through last time, so I felt, <laughs> I felt very accomplished by by that <laughs> at Mark. No, I love this series. I'm glad we're doing it. That's fun. Heck yeah. Heck yeah, guys. Well, everybody, have a really nice month. And look and to then... our Instagram for fun photos and stuff. This is true. This is true. All right. Well, see you next time, Maura. See you next time, Chloe. Bye. <laughs> Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 